Okay, so a few weeks ago, there was a grand reopening for the old popular pizza place called Freddy Fazbear's. It introduced a bunch of new animatronic characters, along with the newly updated and polished versions of the old ones. Times are tough, and I was desperate for money. I still am. So I saw in the paper that the new place was hiring a night security guard. It seemed like the easiest job I'd ever heard of, but the pay was minuscule. However, it stated that there were quick advancement opportunities, with raises and promotions, so I got a job there. I'll skip all the application and interviewing and stuff. It was pretty straightforward and simple. I was told I would be working five night shifts, and if I was still interested, I'd be switched to the day shift, along with a raise. It sounded somewhat promising, considering the financial situation that I'm in. If I had known the hell that erupts in that place come midnight, however, I would have never taken the job. Let me start with the story. Night 1. On my way to work my first night, I picked up a cup of coffee to keep me somewhat alive throughout the shift. I had never done a night shift before. Driving down the roads at this hour on a Monday night, they were just completely dead. It was weird pulling into the empty parking lot when you normally would have to fight to get a spot. I had been given a key, of course. No one would be in the building but me. Before walking in, though, I gave appreciation to how new and clean the building looked. At least I wouldn't be working in some rundown old place. I stepped into the building and locked the door, finding my office after about a minute. It was the strangest office I had ever seen. There was no door, just a big opening into the hallway. There were also two open vents on either side of the room. That was the strangest part of it. It didn't really bother me too much, though. I threw my jacket over my chair and sat down. There was a note left on the camera monitor. It was from my boss, giving me a quick rundown of my job. It said that night at night, sometimes the animatronics may move around the building, looking for people, since they were in fact set to interact with the customers. He wrote that I were to stay in the office at all times, and to use my flashlight when necessary, yada yada yada, other nonsense. It was also noted at the bottom of the paper, in highlighted text, that every 10 minutes, I would need to switch to cam 11 on the monitor, and hold a button to remotely wind up a music box. He wrote that if the music box were to stop, it would cause a certain animatronic to become confused and to start making a mess of its surroundings, searching for the music source. Other than that, he wished me luck and to have a great night. The note gave me a good laugh, a better laugh than I'd gotten in months. It was one of the most amusing things I had ever read in my life. Sure, I believed the robots walked around, but it seemed so hilarious to me that I couldn't find any reason to be afraid. After a few minutes of reading the paper and drinking my coffee, I remembered what the note said. To wind up the music box every 10 minutes. I didn't really think much would happen, but I decided to humor the story. I didn't have anything else to do anyway. I turned on the tablet monitor and switched to camera 11. There, a little button popped up on the screen that was labeled Music Box. 
I pressed it and I could hear the sound of a music box handle being wound up. It was pretty neat, but I didn't understand. If it could be done remotely, why it didn't just happen automatically? While I had the monitor on, I decided to check the other cameras as well. I checked camera 12 and saw an animatronic lying on the ground, in a state of obvious disrepair, with its endoskeleton parts all mangled and exposed. A weird static sound seemed to be coming from the robot. I chuckled to myself and switched to another camera, revealing the show stage where three new main characters were standing. Freddy the Bear, a blue bunny, and a yellow chicken. I couldn't remember their names at the time. I turned off the tablet and resumed reading the paper. This went on another three hours, with the routine wind-up of the music box every ten minutes. It wasn't until around quarter to four that I heard the sound of footsteps coming from somewhere outside the office. What the hell was that? I said to myself. I switched around the cameras, looking for an intruder. I changed the camera viewing the stage and noticed that one of the animatronics was missing. The blue bunny was gone. I grabbed the flashlight sitting on my desk and shined it down the hall. There was nothing there. Oh well. Let the thing walk around if it wants to. I resumed reading my paper yet again, until the footsteps came closer this time. This time from right down the hall outside my office. I grabbed my flashlight again, and it shined down the hall. There it was, the blue bunny, standing outside the office, looking down at me. I found this amusing, and got a good laugh out of it. It's come to play! I thought to myself. I almost stood up to get a closer look when I remembered that the notes said to stay away from the animatronics. I didn't want to get fired after the first night, so I decided to leave it be. I tried to get back to my routine of paper, coffee, and music box, and eventually I heard the blue bunny walk away. The rest of the night, nothing happened. But honestly, all I could think about was the bunny and the amazing technology. Night 2 I arrived early the second night. I brought two coffees, as one was barely enough the previous night. Along with the newspaper, I brought some magazines as well. Six hours was a long time sitting doing nothing. My boss left me another note, telling me that I might want to throw on the Freddy Fazbear head if an animatronic gets too close as they will assume that I was just another animatronic. Under that, he left the names of most of the animatronics. Freddy, Bonnie, Chica, Mangle, and Foxy. The first hour of my shift went slow, routinely winding up that stupid music box. I took that opportunity to check out the rest of the cameras I had not seen yet. I checked the camera labeled Game Area, and I could see what appeared to be a statue of a young boy holding a balloon. It could have been another animatronic, but I wasn't sure. It kind of reminded me of Pinocchio. That thing was a bit unsettling. Definitely more creepy than any of the others I saw. I switched around some more and found a camera labeled Parts. It was the room where they kept all the old animatronics. I could see the robots lying on the floor, partially disassembled, with certain parts missing on each of them. 
It was like a robot graveyard. I switched to the main stage camera and saw that both Bonnie and Chica were gone. That was a lot quicker than last night. I flipped to another camera and saw Bonnie, faced to the camera, staring at me. My heart skipped a beat and jumped out of my seat as I let out a loud gasp. Under my now heavy breathing, I let out a small laugh. Still finding it a bit amusing, but only for a few seconds before I started to think. How did that thing know what a camera was? Sure, they have facial recognition technology, but they would have no reason to know what a camera is. Why would the creators program these things to know that? And why were they staring into the camera like that? I became a bit uneasy and paranoid at that point, checking the cameras more frequently. It wasn't until another hour later that something happened. Footsteps coming down the hallway. I grabbed the flashlight and shined it down the hall. It was Chica, holding what looked like a cupcake. She stood there, just staring at me for a good 30 seconds, before my flashlight started to flicker. No, not now. It turned off. Only for a few seconds before light returned. But Chica was gone. Damn. I remembered I hadn't wound up the music box. I turned on the monitor again and switched over to camera 11. I had made it with only a few seconds to spare and wound it back up. My heart was beating quickly from what I had just witnessed. I wasn't finding it too amusing anymore. The way they both looked at me. I was too focused on checking the cameras and shining my flashlight down the hall. But it was too creepy. I couldn't focus on reading the paper anymore. I was too absorbed with checking the cameras and shining my flashlight down the hall. I was more concerned and curious than I was scared though. Minutes turned to hours with nothing happening again. It wasn't until 5am that I heard the footsteps coming down the hall again. I shined the flashlight down to reveal Foxy the pirate. It was one of the only damaged animatronics. Right as I turned the light on, I could see it stop moving. Turn around and run back in the opposite direction. What was that about? I thought. Maybe he's shy. 6am came slow, but when it did, I was excited to go home. So far the job wasn't anything terrible, just different. Everything changed on night three. I arrived with two cups of coffee again, and with a book to read. The feeling of being nocturnal was awful, but it was only for a week, and I had the day shift to look forward to. The first thing I did after arriving was winding up the music box. After a good half hour of checking the cameras, the robots were all still in their proper places. I had been checking these cameras so often now, but I didn't want to ever think about why I was doing it. I guess I was scared about what would happen if I got too close to one of the animatronics. I started reading my book, or at least tried to. I merely skimmed the words without picking up on what I was actually reading. My mind was paying attention to any sounds coming from down the halls. A little past 3 a.m., the coffee had moved through me and I suddenly needed to pee really badly. I know I was told not to leave the office at any time 
But when you gotta go, you gotta go. I flipped around the cameras one more time to make sure all the animatronics were idle. Yep, they were all still in their spots. I guess they're sleepy tonight. I wound up the music box one more time and set a timer on my phone for nine minutes to give me a minute to get back and wind up the box, just in case. Call me paranoid. I grabbed the flashlight, turned it on, and slowly walked down the hallway, finding myself tiptoeing around the building. I didn't know if those robots could hear things or not. I crept around the building with my flashlight being the only real source of light. The feeling I got from walking around that dark building at night was like the feeling you get from sneaking around a closed zoo. I didn't feel comfortable and was worried about getting caught, even by something not human. But the coast was clear though, and eventually I found the bathroom. It wasn't a single person bathroom, so there was no lock on the door. I looked for a light switch, but there was none. It must be some kind of automatic lighting system, I thought to myself. Even though I was the only one there, I still decided to use the last stall to pee. I'm one of those people who doesn't like to use urinals, and this was just force of habit. Just as I was finished doing my business in total darkness, I heard the familiar sound of a bathroom door opening, but there was no one else in the restaurant. I heard footsteps like metal hitting the floor, and I knew it was one of the robots. It was in the bathroom. Luckily, I hadn't flushed the toilet yet. The sound of the heavy metal footsteps banging on the bathroom floor near the stalls, then silence. I could suddenly hear the sound of moaning. It was human-like, like a child. The moaning, it sounded stressed and angry. Oh no, it's kicking open the stall doors. It's going to find me in here. There were only four stalls. I had to do something. Then I realized my stall was next. The footsteps moved to outside my stall. I got on the ground and crawled underneath the stall wall to the next one over. They pounded on it, but the door didn't open. I had locked it. Then they made another attempt and failed. I thought about running out of the room, but no, it would hear me open the door. It was at this point that I started to believe that these things were hostile. No friendly robot would bang open these doors, looking for me. I heard the stall door violently bust open. Silence. And then I heard what sounded like an angry growl. It wasn't like a growl from a dog or any kind of animal. It sounded like a truly angry, hateful, inhumane one. I heard another bang, but this time on the wall separating the stalls that I and the robot were in. Then the stall door opened and I was exposed. All I could do was plank on the floor, on the dirty bathroom floor where little kids urinate all day. The footsteps moved past the stall and looking up, I could just barely, through the corner of my eye, see the figure of Freddy Fazbear. Not the new one, but the old one, the original. The footsteps moved towards the bathroom door, but I didn't hear it open. It was blocking my exit. I quietly crawled down to the first stall to try and catch a glance at the robot. I peeked my head under the wall 
And there it was, standing still like a statue right in front of the door. I was a sitting duck. I remained planked on the floor, waiting for the sound of the door opening. I remembered the music box and what my boss wrote on the note. That if the music box stops, a certain animatronic will start to throw a tantrum and become hostile. After witnessing how hostile Freddy was, I didn't want to see what that other animatronic would be like. I had only 10 minutes to get back to the office to wind up the box, and I'd probably already been gone for 5 minutes. I didn't have much time. The robot continued to stand there. Time dragged on, as I tried to think of a way to escape. I contemplated whether or not I should make a run for it, right past the robot or try to distract it first. I decided then I would knock on the wall, wait for Freddy to walk over, then crawl under the stalls and run for the office. It was my phone, alerting me that the timer I had set reached zero. Heavy footsteps moved towards the stall, and I took that opportunity to crawl underneath and burst through the door. Making a dash back from my office, I got to my seat and immediately heard footsteps coming down the hall. I had to put on the Freddy mask, but no, I had to wind up the music box first. I grabbed the monitor tablet and turned it on, switched it to camera 11 and pressed the button for only a few seconds. I didn't have time to hold it any longer. I grabbed the Freddy mask and threw it over my head. Out from the darkness, the brown disheveled machine walked into my office, eyes locked onto mine, through the Freddy Fazbear mask. It inched closer until it was nose to nose with me. I sat still, not being able to breathe, while wearing the mask. The robot's eyes looked through the holes in the mask, but I didn't look back. My lungs were about to explode from not being able to breathe. The robot finally turned around and walked back down the hall. I threw off the mask and gasped for air. I wound up the music box with yet again only a few seconds to spare. While on camera 11, I shined the light into the room and saw something in the background. It was what appeared to be some kind of giant puppet, sticking its head out of a large gift box. I could have sworn that wasn't there before. I realized it must be the animatronic that gets angry when the music box turns off. That was all the more motivation to keep winding up that box. I turned off the monitor. I was left alone again. Surprisingly, the rest of the night was quiet up until my shift ended, around 5.55. I flipped to camera 11 to wind up the music box one last time. I figured all the animatronics would be at their proper places by now. I checked the cameras one last time anyway. I looked at the parts and services room. Freddy was back to lying on the floor. Then, in the kids' cove... The mangle still hadn't moved. I switched to the show stage camera and saw that Chica was missing. My heart skipped a beat. My shift was about to end. How could I leave with one of those things still awake? I looked at all the party room cameras and found Chica, standing in the dark corner of one of them, facing the camera. Okay, that's fine, I said. I can sneak past her down the main hall, and I'll be safe to the exit. I left the flashlight on my desk, 
and used my phone as a source of light, slowly and quietly walking down the main hall. As I passed the entrances to the four party rooms, I turned off the screen on my phone to avoid detection. I tiptoed past the rooms in total darkness, and when I reached the second hall, I turned right. I was in the clear. I turned my phone back on for light and made my way past the show stage to the exit. I could see the exit door now. I was only a few feet away when something tapped my shoulder. I turned around to see the new Chica. She opened her robotic beak and spoke the words, We want you. She raised her arm and took a swing at me, but I dodged it in the nick of time and stumbled out the front door, locking it with the key behind me. I ran to my car and sped down the road to my house. My god, what the hell just happened, I thought. That thing, what it said, what have I got myself into? Night 4. I returned the next night. I didn't bring any coffee. Not because I had feared going to the bathroom, but because I had simply forgotten. I was tired. I hadn't gotten a minute of sleep that day, thinking about what happened the night before. A normal person wouldn't have returned, but I don't have the honor of calling myself normal. I was in a financial crisis, and I constantly reminded myself, it's just two more days, then I get the day shift and a raise. Everything will be fine. The first thing I did was wind up that damn music box. I guess I should tell you now that the music box was only necessary when humans inside the building. As apparently, according to my boss, it confuses the doll inside into thinking it's time to perform. Then it glitches when it realizes it has no children to perform for. Why the hell would I question anything after three nights of this? I had witnessed walking, talking, hostile robots that seemingly wanted to harm me for no damn reason. I had trouble focusing, let alone keeping my eyes open. It was a big mistake forgetting to bring coffee. 1.30 AM came around, and I turned on the security monitor, checking the show stage. Bonnie was awake and missing. Already? No, I just got here. I checked the parts and services room to reveal Foxy, staring up at the camera, hooking the air. Two of them? I put the monitor back on the desk and decided to aim what little attention I could give for listening to footsteps coming down the hall. 2 a.m. I couldn't remember how long it had been since I'd slept. My chair was becoming more comfortable and I could almost hear the desk calling my name to rest my head down. Footsteps. I grabbed the flashlight on my desk and shined it down the hall. What the hell is that? What I saw appeared to be a floating head. The floating head of Freddy Fazbear. Only it was more of a golden color. I let out a disturbed scream, my heart sinking lower. But then after a single blink, it was gone. It couldn't have been real. I was hallucinating. My god, I was becoming delirious. If only I had some water to splash on my face. 2.30 a.m. Just finished winding up the music box. When I heard what sounded like the voice of a child. I shined my flashlight down the hall, but there was nothing. I checked the games area camera. Nothing. But then I realized that was just it. 
Nothing was happening. That statue I had remembered was gone. It wasn't a statue, it was another animatronic. Damn it, where the hell did it go? What was that sound? It was coming from the vent on the left side of the room. I'd forgotten about those. I checked the camera for the left vent and saw the little balloon boy crawling through the air vent. I dropped the monitor in fear and threw on my Freddy Fazbear mask. I turned my head to face the left vent. Just barely, I could make out the face of the thing, poking its head out of the dark vent. I held my breath in that foul-smelling mask until the thing finally crawled back down the vent. I couldn't take much more. I turned the monitor back on, checking the show stage. The whole band was off stage. What the hell is that now? Then I remembered the static coming from the mangled animatronic from the kids' cove. I checked the camera. It was gone. I shined the flashlight down the hall to reveal the mangle, hanging off the ceiling, peering into the room. Again, I threw on the Freddy Fazbear mask, holding my breath and praying for my life. The sound faded away, quickly as it came. The mangle was gone. 3 a.m. I was exhausted. My eyelids were forcibly closing, and I had to fight to keep them open. But it's never a fight you can win. And with that, everything faded to black. I woke in total darkness. I wasn't in the office chair anymore, though. I tried to move my hands, but I was restrained by something. Lights turn on, my eyes squint shut, unadjusted to the brightness. The sound of heavy footsteps near towards me. Why, hello. I see that you're awake. Who the hell was that? As my eyes began to adjust to the light, I could start to make out a figure of the new Bonnie. I'm sorry I have to do this. I'm only following orders. He makes us do it. He turned around, exposing the buzzsaw. No, 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 please don't do this. The robot walked over to me, lifting the saw over the top of my arm. I squirmed about, trying to free myself, but to no avail. The robot pressed the buzzsaw down into my shoulder. I let out an agonizing scream of pain. He continued to saw down the top of my arm. I was starting to lose consciousness. But the last thing I could remember before passing out was the loud and haunting thud of my arm hitting the ground. I awoke in darkness again, confused and in a haze. I couldn't remember what had happened. I tried to move my arms, but only my right arm responded. I desperately tried to move my left arm, but the pain realization came to mind, and I remembered what had just happened. The door to the room opened again, and the lights turned back on. Adjusting to the light, I looked to my left where my arm used to be, to see a robotic limb attached to my shoulder. The limb was fused into my skin and flesh. I turned to see both Chica and Bonnie staring at me. It will soon be complete. It's time for the other one. The bunny grabbed the buzzsaw again and walked towards me. He lowered the buzzsaw to my right shoulder, right before something broke down the door. The duck and the bunny turned around to see Foxy the pirate. The animatronic raised its hook and sliced at the neck of Bonnie causing it to fall to the ground. 
Chica swung at Foxy, but Foxy was too quick, immediately grabbing Chica's head and ripping off the mask, exposing the endoskeleton underneath. He took his hook and sliced right through the machine's exposed parts, causing it to spark and fall to the floor as well. The fox turned to me and cut through the ropes, restraining me with his hook. What are you? I'm the machine that just saved life. Before I could say anything else, the fox was out the door and gone into the darkness. I stood up immediately, felt the pain from the metal that had infused into my body. Why did that thing just help me? I had no time to stick around to think about it. I had to move quickly. I crept out of the room and into the darkness, brushing against the walls as I moved, trying to navigate the dark halls. Laughter coming from everywhere, banging coming from every corner. If there was a hell, I was in it. Suddenly, I could see two glowing lights coming from the end of the hall. It was a pair of eyes undoubtedly staring at me. My initial reaction was to turn around and run, but a familiar voice called down the hall. It's me. You have to turn right down this way. There's a back exit. It's the only way out. I ran down the hall closer to the fox, ready to thank him. I made a horrifying discovery. It wasn't the pirate at the end of the hall. It was the new Freddy. <laughs> the puppet wants you. The robot grabbed me with an extremely tight grip on my remaining arm and started to drag me back down the hall. He shoved me back into the room I came from and noticed his two friends lying on the floor, broken. His happy animatronic face turned into a disturbingly angry one. The bear grabbed the buzzsaw lying on the floor with the hand he wasn't holding me with and turned it on. I had nothing to fight back with. My brain seemingly had not yet accepted the fact that I lost my left arm. And while trying to flail my right arm, I still felt the feeling of my left one swinging about. I turned to my left and realized why. The robotic arm attached to me was moving. I could control it. Without another second of thought, I swiped the robotic arm across the face of Freddy. I could feel the powerful impact causing the robot to drop the buzzsaw and fall back. I didn't try to finish him off. I was out that door too fast. I ran back down the hall and turned right, hoping by some chance Freddy wasn't lying about the exit. It turns out he wasn't. I saw the glowing red text of an exit sign and sprinted towards it, almost bursting down the door on impact. I was free. I ran to my car, drove to the police station, and told them about the whole situation. The place was investigated and shut down the same night. I was immediately sent to the hospital for my arm. After examination and testing, the doctors couldn't find out how to remove it, and how it was even implanted. It had somehow fused inside me and became a natural part of my body, and was impossible to remove safely. I was told it would be safer to keep it in than take it out, so that's what I did. I mean, I had full control over it, and it packed a solid punch. I should mention, this only happened two nights ago. Last night upon further investigation, 
It was discovered by police that all the animatronics were missing from the building. The manager, my former boss, insisted that he knew nothing about it. That means those things are still out there, but that doesn't matter. They won't make it far before they run out of power. I think about Foxy a lot. He's the reason I'm still alive. He was different. I know that whatever the other robots did to him, it couldn't have been good. I still don't understand the whole story of the puppet, though. The puppet that I've been winding up in that damn music box, constantly. The puppet that seemingly controlled them all. A puppet. What a ridiculous story this has been. I admit that. Well, that about concludes this journal entry. Oh, one more thing. Last night I woke up in my bed around 1am to the sound of beeping. The beeping was coming from my robotic arm. Along with a flashing red light coming from the palm of the robotic hand. I don't know what it is. But I don't think it's a big deal.